You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host as always, and we're still on the suburb update run. You guys have been asking for it. We are delivering. We're getting the best agents in the most prolific local government areas in terms of price growth and the story to come back into the studio, give us an update as to how their suburb, their local government has been performing over the last few years since the first time they were in. And the next person I want to talk to, he's the man with the best voice for radio and actually a pretty good face as well for TV, but uh, you won't see it on this podcast. It's Mr. Mark Grogan from O'Neill Real Estate, who has been for many years absolutely smashing that Kelmscott Armadale region. Mate, thank you for coming back in. Thank you for having me, Trent. I appreciate that. Yeah, host as always. I hear that every single week, and it's nice to be your guest on occasion. <laughs> thank you. Well, I think at the moment, it's very timely to have you in to talk about this part of the world, simply because given the fact that last year it was reported that every single suburb in the city of Armadale grew about 30% last year. And that's very rare to see. Most of the times we spoke about this before, we spoke about this last week with Devin Kelly, that usually suburbs within a certain area that a substitutable area will compete with each other for demand. Some will do well for some period of time, then they'll overshoot, then other suburbs will catch up, right? What we saw last year in the city of Armadale was nothing but phenomenal. And it obviously comes down to some pretty obvious reasons about replacement cost and just being well undervalued and affordability. But can you talk Talk us through how your last year as a real estate agent has been in the city of Armadale. Hectic is a word. It, it is an incredible change that we've seen. We've always had these properties and they've always actually been really good. It's just that no one really noticed. And I think as the market was changing and affordability was becoming an issue, home buyers were looking further away from perhaps where they might have originally been looking and they were starting to look within the city of Armadale. And I think, truthfully, most of them were actually getting there and they weren't going, suppose I've got to buy in the city of Armadale, I'll just have to take what I can get. They're actually coming out and in many cases been quite impressed with what's on offer. The demand that I guess evidences that is that the investors have been super active there too and they were probably the active ones first. They were more active before the home buyers started to... Well, the rental yield in the city of Armadale is probably the best rental yield in the country. Mm. When you think about how cheap the houses are, they're still solid brick homes, most of them. And as the median rent has increased in Perth from three fifty dollars to $600 a week now, the rental yields are insane. Last year, the statistics show we had a 35% increase in rental growth in the suburb of Kelmscott. I mean, that's insanity when we think about that. We're, that, we're talking about prices going from $400 to five fifty in the space of a year. Mm. Yeah, it was massive. And it was down to, obviously, a lack of availability. But when the availability even still increased, demand didn't let up. So we suddenly had a lot more people investing so there were more available rentals in the area, but they were being snapped up very quickly. Do you think people have been pushed down to the lowest socioeconomic quartile of Western Australia simply because of interest rates and that's what's brought the city of Armidale to the fore? Whereas two years ago, they may have been looking in your Linwoods Langfords, Ferndales, mm. Thornleys, for example, which are that step above in price, they've now gone, well, look, I can't afford any of those things. There's not really many options there either. Mm. I'm going to have to look in Camillo, Champion Lakes, Seville Grove, Kelmscott. And then they've gone, well, look, it's actually not that bad here. That's right. But hanging around at the shops is probably a pretty good tell for what an area is like. You see the real people. Um, you do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you see what's really going on in the world when you're hanging out at the shops. Mm. It's not really any different. If you hang around at 
the shopping centre in Thornley. So you get out to Forest Lakes, have a wander around there, have a wander around any of the smaller suburban shopping centres in between, and then come out to Armidale. Not a great deal of difference. It is in the lower quartile of the region in terms of the socioeconomic positioning, but I don't think it's necessarily a reflection on the area. It's perhaps historic. It certainly is historic, mm. but obviously that is always a ball and chain on prices. We're coming from a very low base here, and it was only four or five years ago that we remember a news report where a fully established house, not a drug den, sold for less than $100,000 in the city of Armidale. Yeah. These days, you couldn't pick up a unit for that. It was a remarkably strange time i think the the rental demand was very low at that stage and obviously the huge increase in inquiries from the east coast has meant that we have a lot more people that are here buying investment properties the social proof i suppose is there now so for somebody who before thought oh, i wouldn't buy an armadale because prices never go up well they've just seen prices going up and they've seen people from all over the country recognizing what the area has to offer and so they're a little bit more inclined to say oh maybe it's actually not so bad of an area let's investigate it a bit more and when they come out here they're not too disappointed to be living here either. We spoke to Shane Beaumont, who, you know, well, mm. top agent in Gosnells about a month ago, and he made it very clear that the price movement in Gosnells has really been fueled by the East Coast investors. They aren't price sensitive. They look at these numbers and think they're rounding numbers, whether it's 340 or 360, who cares? Mm. I want in, I want three of them, and I, I like the rental yield and the houses are great, and it's only 25 minutes from the city compared to the locals who were squabbling around $1,000 here or there. So the East Coast investors have actually been driving that price growth and the, the rest of the markets has had to accept it. Correct. Has the story been the same in Armadale? 100%. Yeah, it has. It's very interesting when you get a weekend of having you know, the same conversation in various different forms over the course of hours and hours of showing properties and... There are a lot of home buyers who will come through with the attitude of, oh, you know, the East Coast are driving it up. People from Melbourne driving the prices up. People from Sydney, you know, they don't, they're not even looking at it. I always move it down the same path in that conversation and say, well, they're looking at it with a completely different mindset, but you can have that mindset and reap the same rewards. They wouldn't be doing this if they didn't see growth here. Yeah. And they're coming from a state that has seen substantial growth. But we're in Western Australia, and they're looking at it from the point of view of going, okay, so you've got 750 square meter block, you've got train station there and a school there, shopping centers just up there. Why is it so cheap? And as a West Australian, perhaps you're looking at it going, yeah, but it didn't used to be that expensive. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. It is now. And they wouldn't be spending their money here. They wouldn't be investing here unless they saw still further growth. I call it non-buyer's remorse. I've called it that many times. You would have heard on the podcast yourself, mm. Mark. And it really is that person who could have bought two years ago at $300,000 or let's say the median house price, which you reported as $340,000 two and a half years ago on this mm. podcast. And are now having to pay mid to high $400,000 for the same product but not accepting it and still being stuck. And now they're $150,000 down and they still haven't got a house. That's right. And unfortunately, it's very easy to listen to the wrong advice. And it often comes from very well-meaning people as well. No one cares more about your financial choices as a first home buyer, more than likely, than your parents. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of our first home buyers, their parents are naturally quite conservative, potentially why the socioeconomic situation for them is what it is. And so they might be very cautious about, we don't want you to get in and, and lose money. And obviously, people people when you talk about houses selling for 100 grand people in our area 
and I mean across all of WA really have seen what happens when a market turns and people lose money. And Armidale is one of those areas where it is the most susceptible to mortgage stress. It is the most susceptible to investors pulling out quickly Mm. and having that downside risk. I think it has been. I don't know that it will necessarily as time goes by. I think as the Metronet project finishes and all of that extension of the railway, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point in our conversation today, and that urban sprawl continues and further and further down the freeway, I think we're kind of getting closer to the city, if that makes sense. You're saying you're, you're becoming more middle Perth. We are. We are becoming There's more middle There's a gentrification Perth. happening. There is. Well, people may need to you drive themselves down there. You observe it naturally there. when you drive through, you know, because <laughs> the, the city of Armidale, and once again, I said this last time, I hope you guys are listening. There's some good things that could be done that haven't necessarily been done to improve the overall feel of the place. But having said that, we are more middle Perth. We're not really the outskirts anymore. Well, you think about the outskirts on the Armadale line, it's now really the Byford line. Correct. So you got to travel another 10, 15 minutes to get to Byford, to Haynes, to Hilbert, yes. all these suburbs that didn't exist 15 years ago. So really, Armadale is the new Gosnells. It is. Yes, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we're even the new Cannington. There's more in Armadale than there is in Gosnells. Certainly more of a, a town centre vibe is. and historically a lot more history in, in Armadale as well. That's right. When we think about the pool of Byford, buyers these days obviously four or four years ago the early adopters i think were a lot of investors coming back in mm. and we know that Kelmscott armadale still sit within an affordable first home buyer range for the most part has the buyer pool shifted much you know devon kelly demonstrated last week how there really aren't a lot of opportunities for first home buyers anymore four years ago it was all first home buyers the median house price was 430 grand yeah. ironically now yeah. it's just you, you can't get in at that price anymore is armadale still a place where first home buyers can build a future or do they have to get pushed out to Hilbert? Hilbert's even becoming unachievable for some of them because it's new and there's the more demand house from Yeah, that's right. And so the demand from the investors is really quite strong as well because they're going two years old, mm. it's five hundred thousand. I'll have that, thank you. To be honest, the, the days for first home buyers, unless there's some change in policy, are going to be very, very difficult. I mean what we've found is because of the six hundred thousand dollar cap on the first homeowners grant deposit scheme, the demand for anything up to six hundred is really strong. It's interesting because the median house price in Armadale right now is three hundred and ninety thousand based on the previous twelve months of data. Same with Kelmscott sitting at four forty two. Those numbers that there is nothing for that now. They're not reflective of the of, average of, house. Yeah, exactly. Yep. There's there's actually probably if I look at both of those median house prices, I don't think there's really anything bar for a couple of units that would fit the bill. Look, let's go back two and a half years ago. Mm. I asked you what you would buy for $340,000, you said a brick and tile home on a full block Mm. R25, 800 meters from the train station. That's what you get in the mid 300s. Yeah. What are you paying for that now? 530 to 560. Yeah. it's There's uh, no first home buyer rate of duty at that price. No, there's not. And that's where it's a real challenge because that will continue to grow this year. So I would think that most of those sorts of properties, occasionally you'll find something that's really run down that'll hit the market. You can secure those from time to time, Mm. but the competition on them is massive. And if you're a first home buyer who's throwing all of your money into your deposit, and you're buying something that does need money spent on it, well, you just spent all your money. It's all gone. <laughs> so you're taking a decision at that point to live at a lower standard than perhaps you've been used to or that you have pictured yourself living in. And that's not what every first-home buyer might necessarily have been trained by social media to expect and to put up with. Look, a lot of people in the city of Rockingham, the city of Quinana, who have gone in there as renovators mm. have really reaped some rewards yes. in the last few years. It's been a strategy. They've followed the East Coast investor and, to be frank, have sold back out to the owner-occupier who doesn't want to wait and is happy to buy a renovated 3 by one or 4 by 2 in the area. 
renovators have been making some good money in that time. I would posit half that money they made was simply good buying in a market that was growing. Mm. But have you seen the same behaviors in the city of Armidale? Are there any active renovators hitting you up saying, make any of those old solid homes available that I can spruce some paint on? <laughs> the flippers are out there. And I'm sure you're all listening today, as you should be, because it is Perth's premier property podcast. But they're competing against people who have the cash behind them to purchase and renovate and turn it over quickly. And so when they look at it and they're trying to come up with how they could maybe make some money on it and how they're going to afford to do all that work, and they picture themselves doing that over the course of three or four years, perhaps, because that's realistically what it is when you're living in a property and you're trying to fund it yourself. But there's a lot of property flippers out there that are searching as well, and they'll very often pay reasonable money for a property and they'll come in over the top well, these are the people that are coming from rockingham and quinana i think that's right. it's the same strategy yes and they're making a dollar they are absolutely i mean in many cases even if they just sat on it for three months and cleaned it without even really doing a full renovation they do okay yeah that is the argument i've been making for a while now is that renovation really only works in a market that's looking after itself in the first place that's right it is all about good buying a bit of a spruce and then getting it back on the market development it is a fact that the price point is still in my opinion below replacement value around the area Mm. it's hard from what i've looked at to make anything in the city of armadale stack up from a new build perspective as a developer not to mention geotechnical issues that are rampant around the area with clay soil in, mm. which has always been an issue that's obviously stymied some supply i would yeah. su- suggest have we seen anyone coming on any developers talking to you saying what do you reckon we can get A anyone few. yeah they are they are starting to look and they are starting to work through the idea that eventually surely you'll be able to build in this state in a reasonable time frame for an okay price. Now, it might be a little while, but they're... Well, they, I don't think the price is changing. I think it will just be relative to the established market price. Correct, yes. And yeah, it becomes a reasonable price, I suppose, obviously, as the market increases. But it's interesting. I've got a development that's coming on in a couple of weeks. It's nearly complete. I'll be selling eight units for this guy. And he has held this block for a long time. He held it when the market was in a very tough place, considered selling it at the time. There was not a bit of interest in it at that stage. And he had an offer on them as house and land packages, survey strata development. And he had an offer for a house and land package build. He's the the builder as well, doing the build through his development company. The offers came in at, I think it was 275 per unit. <laughs> and he strongly considered He couldn't it. even build them for that. No, but he strongly considered it because he could turn them over as the builder himself. He could probably have you know made it work to at least get out of that block. So he would have been building to get out of the block. Mm. In the end, the guy who was talking about that offer, actually, I think I don't want to do this. I'll leave it. We'll be listing those in a couple of weeks and we'll be on in the high fours. Yeah, wow. So he could have done very well out of it, but he didn't. Instead, the developer's doing very well out of it because this is a, a far superior outcome from what he was originally expecting. Sounds like things are moving. Those oh, yeah. prices of high 400s. Look, three or four years ago, you were expecting high 400s in Greenwood, Craigie, these yeah. sort of areas, right? And now we're in Armidale at that price point. In the south side, it'd probably be Hilton you'd have to go to to be getting that sort of price point. So That's right. All the way out in, in at the back of the train line in Armidale, you're now getting those prices. However, construction costs have increased. We're paying about $300,000 per unit now just to build them. Mm. For someone who's buying that new development block and paying some premium numbers for it, I would struggle to see it still stacking up at this point in time, which again will stymie supply and demand still ensues. Yeah, it does. And I think there's going to be this ongoing issue that if it doesn't make sense at today's numbers, but it might make sense in 18 months, mm. 
well, you've still got to commit today in yeah, order for it's it to be money. there in 18 months. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's going to continue, I guess, to, in many ways, keep those prices where they are currently or above. And that is, for me, if you're looking at that as a small-scale developer and that is your strategy of hoping things go up and building in an extra 10% per unit over the next 18 months as the development occurs, mm. you may as well just go and buy a property at the total value of the project and let that grow by 10%. And not take the risk of the development in the first place. So the logic there doesn't stack up for me but people will be enticed by the carrot at the end of the day and it is important to note that whilst i don't believe the market is going to turn anytime soon at all it can't there is no way it can turn anytime soon yes at one point in time the music will stop and it's those people with a feasibility that says five percent today and 15 percent in a year and a half when you add growth that will be caught going the other way don't be that person to everyone listening however do i think that's anytime soon no i don't Look, it's the middle of February. It's the hottest part of the year, both in temperature and market, to be frank, in Western Australia for everyone listening uh, interstate or internationally. And you're selling every day of the week, over 100 and something properties every year for many years now, Mark. Can you give us some recent anecdotes and even some stories over the weekend? Uh, Every weekend has something interesting going on. I don't have too many cases where a property is not seeing competing offers. Certainly anything sub $600,000, there is always competing offers. What we're finding now is that buyers are, they're just more open to options. And so whereas before we might have had a buyer that was like, oh, I would never look at a unit, I don't want strata, not interested. They're now going, show us what you got. And we will hit a property on the market on a Tuesday. And by the time we get to the weekend, I do most properties uh, by appointment rather than just a home open. And it actually allows us to get a better feel for who the buyers are and what the situation is. Because if you do a home open at the moment, you can have a home open advertised for 10 o'clock. At nine o'clock, cars are starting to line up in the street. You've got 45, 50 groups of people coming through in about you know, 90 seconds because they're all there. They all want to be there at the start. They all march through the property. So you don't actually get to have too many conversations with buyers. But Sounds like a lot of vacuuming required. Oh, at the end of that, mate, I can tell you. Especially, you know, it is a little dry out there at the moment. Yeah, the, the dry- Dyson comes out. Yeah, exactly. That's right. The dry grass and sand track through a house. One of the main things that we're seeing when we talk to people now is that they are super aware of what's on the market. So there's an acceptance here. We've spoken over the last few weeks about that emotional journey in the cycle of despair, of frustration, a lack of acceptance, yeah. and then finally acceptance. And this occurs at different times in different suburbs. Are you suggesting that there is an acceptance in Armadale about the prices or do you still have a lot of people coming back saying, the price will drop soon, I'll wait? Because most of the investors are East Coast, these conversations are had on the phone and they're seeing it via video walkthrough. So clear acceptance. So they, they're definitely accepting of prices being where they are or they wouldn't have inquired. Whereas when we're dealing with a home buyer, it'll often be that they come through, they're on board, they'll come through with dad and dad's got an opinion and, and dad's just in shock that this is the sort of prices that they're paying for a house. So I think it's people that are not active buyers themselves and are not sitting on realestate.com or rewa on a regular basis. And they're the ones going, oh, this is, what, what, what's, what's this price? I mean, mm. this is a unit for 450000 Are you serious? And yeah, I'll get five offers tonight. Yeah, exactly. And so they initially come in perhaps with that idea or they might come in with a low offer thinking that they'll get a counter offer and they won't necessarily get a counter offer mm-hmm. because if the owner's looking at five, six, in one case recently, 28 offers that were above five. them, yeah, yeah they, they didn't need to have that conversation. So they end up maybe a little bit surprised at first that they missed out or that they didn't even really get a great deal. They weren't even close. And so what would maybe happen in in this market for a buyer's journey 
as a home buyer, that is, would be that probably a lot of the people listening here are investors, but this is what's happening on the other side of the aisle. And that is that somebody will look at a property, they'll go, yeah, yeah, we'll put an offer in on that. And they'll maybe come in at asking price or they might come in slightly above, but then they'll miss out by a long shot. Yeah. And so the next time around, they're it's kind of hard, like because you, especially as a home buyer, it's like counting jelly beans when it comes to that. At the end of the day, the price you've listed is four fifty. You know it will probably be higher, but are we going to have six offers at five hundred? Do mm. I have to go to five twenty? Then there's going to be that one person who's in my shoes that is going to go to five twenty five. So I may as well go to five fifty. Suddenly I'm paying a hundred grand over what the listing price was, and I feel like an idiot. But if I don't, then I'm never going to buy a property. And next month at six hundred, that's what's going through. And that journey right sort of takes four point. or five offers that they might make. Except so they, yeah, exactly. They go in with their first one a little bit over next one okay we'll we'll go in a little bit more than that and then the third one it's hard because like they're emotionally invested they've walked through this house and gone they've pictured themselves living there yeah okay well this time i don't want to have that feeling again and so this time they might come in with a really so then you get to that question every time i'm sure you've asked this question a thousand times in the last couple of years Mm. what's the price that you'd go to where if it was a dollar more you'd be okay with letting it go that must be your offer price that didn't used to be the story a few yeah. years ago. That is the sentence that we're uttering dozens of times in a week. Look, for all the stories of people going, oh, that, you know, that's, that's hard. That's really hard market to be in. There's people who made that decision three months ago that are laughing now because they're just going, oh, I'm so glad I did go in like that with mm-hmm. that really strong offer because the market has picked up so much. Well, they probably have their stamp duty back already. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, they, they would do. And it's hard to jump in, but once you've jumped, you're in now, so you're okay. So right now, if you're listing a property at 450 mm. what's it selling for? We'll never list it at a price that is like ridiculously too attractive and it's not something the seller would even consider or anything like it. It has to be within reason. But what can be within reason? Literally, from the time we list a property, they go, oh, we want to do a few things around the place first. We'll get ready and we'll be on the market in three weeks' time. By the time we're ready to go to market, it's probably a different price so we'll often adjust at that point so that it it's still uh, attractively priced property but we also want to make sure that we're not so far behind reality because whatever's showing up on rp data is evidence from eight weeks ago basically irrelevant Mm. it's not it's not relevant data anymore because in that time three other properties have sold for 50 grand more than that that's why that median house price of 390 in armadale is ridiculously inaccurate and it's such irrelevant information but i've seen this at every price point mark in the last year and especially in the last six months mm. uh, let's go up another price point at 1.5 mil mm. uh, the feedback to all the people coming through the first time open i think it'll be between 1.5 1.55 on the saturday morning by sunday night she's got 14 offers and it's gone for 1.65 yeah and the seller's ecstatic the selling agent's thinking jesus i wouldn't have paid that genuinely the buyer's ecstatic because they finally got a house after four or five offers or two or three years sometimes mm. everyone else is pissed off because they didn't get the chance and it's like well mate you could have put her offering at 1.65 you decided not to yeah and now the market data is 1.65 for a house that four years ago was probably 1.1 it's an interesting time even with properties that because people see the the data now so quickly we had one that was sold recently the owner had purchased it for four hundred and twenty thousand. they had done a renovation on that property and it ended up selling for 650 it doesn't show on rp data obviously how much they spent on their renovation or the process and the blood sweat and tears that they had to invest in doing that but the, this information that's online is is so irrelevant in many cases now mm. um, well the market the really changed. is just on that property what price is the do- is a dollar more than the second person? Mm. And again, it goes down to nearly counting jelly beans in a jar because no one knows what that price is going to be, not even you anymore. No, 
No, we don't. Yeah, that's right. One piece of advice if you could give to the 20 buyers who are probably calling you today for the properties you've got listed, what is that best piece of advice you can give for all 20 to buy their homes this week? If you're a home buyer, even if you're a West Australian investor, do what the East Coast do when it comes to pre-approvals. And there's a lot of finance brokers out there who I think when a buyer wants to get a pre-approval, there's a lot of work involved in doing the application and getting them to the point of conditional approval. So they'll say, look, just you know, uh, go out and find a property and then, and then we'll submit it to the bank. Whereas on the East Coast, most of these buyers that come with a conditional approval, it's a legitimate conditional approval. There is nothing standing in the way of it other than a valuation. And so they'll get their approval formally within two to three days sometimes. Whereas when a buyer from Perth says, yeah, yeah, I'm pre-approved, I mean, half the time it can mean that they've done a phone conversation with a broker mm. and they don't have anything in writing. They've got nothing to put forward. So be genuinely pre-approved. Be 100% ready. Otherwise, don't bother putting an offering with Mark Grogan. That is, well, you know, you still put it in, but, but yeah. you're probably not going to get it. Yeah. And if you've got a broker who's telling you that, possibly talk to another broker. Okay. Yeah, if well, there it is, that yeah. one piece of advice, make sure when you're putting an offer in on a property in the city of Armidale, you are fully pre-approved, ready to go for a price all the way up to what your offer might have to be, even if it's 100 grand over that listing price. Yeah. Be prepared to be fully pre-approved. Then it's just about best price. It is, yeah, best price and best conditions as well. We had on recently, we had a, an older fellow who had been in a property for 50 odd years. Moving is an extremely difficult thing for someone to get their head around at that point. It's a huge task. So, so the offer that he accepted on his property was settlement in 28 days and the buyer graciously was able to give him 90 days to vacate mm. without paying rent. Mm. So they were allowed to start doing a few things on the property themselves in terms of work outside. But in him coming out of the house, they're giving him 90 days to vacate. Rent free, rent back. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as a buyer, if you can put those conditions forward to the agent as an option, if you think that might help, put any of those sorts of conditions forward. Offer particularly when it's an owner-occupier's home that you're purchasing, some flexibility around the settlement timeframes. Because they're, in many cases, going, we don't know what we're going to buy. Mm. We're scared about that. That's their biggest fear. It's not even necessarily getting an extra five grand because that five grand doesn't mean anything if they can't find another house to buy. So give them some flexibility around finding a property. Let them say, well, you can settle anytime in the next 90 days at your discretion so that if they're buying a property from someone who wants to settle immediately, well, then they can settle immediately. So giving some flexibility around those points is of huge value in addition to making your best offer but obviously if you can talk to the agent and get a better understanding of what the seller's needs are because that's what is going to in many cases dictate whether or not you get it i 100 percent agree you can't always get it perfect on the price but as long as you can get within that one or two percent of where you think it's going to be because there will probably be a few of those offers around there it often will come down to settlement terms. Mark Grogan, thank you so much for your time, mate. It's been a really insightful conversation about where things are at in the city of Armidale. Enjoy selling another 100 and something properties over the next 12 months, and I'm sure we'll have you in again for another update. Trent, thank you very much. And on behalf of everyone who listens to the podcast, thank you for doing it. It is of huge value to us as real estate agents. I can say that any agent that's not listening to it really should be, and any investor or home buyer who's not, well, maybe don't tell them about it because then they'll get on board and they'll have the same information that you're equipping everyone else with. So thank you for your work. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!